Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. What do pizza toppings, test data, and waiting have to do with becoming mayor of New York City? Thanks to the city's new, confusing, and poorly administered ranked choice voting system, quite a lot. While New Yorkers voted last week on their party nominees for mayor, on the Democratic side, they still don't know who won over a week later. Joining me to discuss this ongoing car crash outcome in New York City is Michael Hendricks, Director of State and Local Policy for the Manhattan Institute. Uh, hello, Michael. You. Thank you. Uh, before we begin, could you give us a little background on yourself and your work with Manhattan Institute? Sure. So I run our state and local policy shop, and in particular, our New York City Reborn Project. It's a fundamental belief that we need to not take growth for granted anymore and build back better. And rolling playbook, we've been rolling out a lot of polling and research to try to help inform this election for the next mayor of New York City, because really, we really believe this election matters a lot to the future of New York City when crime is spiking again, when so many are still unemployed, and when housing is more unaffordable than ever. Mm -hmm. So what's sort of the background? So going into the election, you know, what was, what was the state of play? What was the expectation with this new, new voting system? So ranked is not original to New York City. There have been nearly 400 elections since 2004 featuring ranked choice voting. Uh, you can notice in the Bay Area, they've been using ranked choice voting for quite some time. This is what elected the current mayor of San Francisco, London Breed. She came from behind in order to win um, quite unexpected. Uh, ranked choice voting was, at least the intent was, to bring more, potentially more cooperation maybe more moderation and more just general modernity to a, a often broken election system. Um, it, by modernity, I mean that it just kind of reflects how we interact with our world now in a time just incredible choice. We can rank what we want to see on Netflix. We can choose from a lot of different shows to watch or, you know, on Spotify, I mean, audio I can, to I, listen to. I mean, Why I can, couldn't I can, we in theory... I can see the, with our but, candidates. But like, I can see the idea like, okay, you don't want somebody who gets 20% to be the, to be the nominee or to ultimately win a general election. That doesn't really seem like it is the, the will of the electorate. But my understanding, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, is that New York City used to use a two round system for, for nominations that if you, with a, that it, you had to get 40% in the first round of the primary to win outright. And then if nobody got 40%, the top two advanced to, a, to an old-fashioned runoff. Is that, is that a correct history? That's right. That's right. And so basically with this election, we're saying instead of having a, an additional runoff, maybe where turnout is very low, people aren't terribly engaged, let's just have an instant runoff system. Now, of course, I'm, I'm going to use giant air quotes. You can't see them, but giant air quotes, instant mm. runoff because the Board of Election is not turning ranked choice voting into an instant process by any means. We're not going to know until well into July, potentially even farther, who the real winner of this primary contest is. And let's be clear here, we're choosing effectively the next mayor of New York City through contest of Democratic voters, because really... Whoever wins the Democratic primary in a nearly seven to one Democratic city is going to be the next mayor. Right, they're, so they become a, they're a prohibitive favorite. People. Yeah, they, they, whoever whoever wins this is going to be a prohibitive favorite. So what is what is causing the the delays? I mean, I, I remember 
in the in the 2020 general election, Florida had their had their results out, you know, within an hour, two hours after polls closed, including and they have extensive mail in voting, uh, whereas, uh, you know, again, now it is over a week and we still have no idea who's going to be the 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 Democratic nominee for mayor of New York City. Right. It's partly the ranked choice system itself, but it's also, well, there's really three things. One is ranked choice, second are absentee ballots, and third is just the problem with the Board of Elections itself. Uh, so with absentee ballots, the Board of Elections chose not to count ballots as they're coming in on Election Day or absentees as they're coming in. They also said, look, we want to be able to offer as large a possible for absentee ballots to come in. And then only after we've gotten them all in at the very last minute will we even begin to start counting these ballots. And then, of course, just the ranked choice system in general takes some time to just balance out who's, you know, which person's second pick is going to go to. Right. And, um, and then the order, the order of eliminations as, right. as people are being eliminated. That's right. And then, and then there's just the problem with the Board of Elections itself, which basically makes Veep look like a Ken Burns documentary. I mean, it's just <laughs> exactly the most competent office in your. They're generally known as a place where you put your, you know, your your second cousin twice removed in as a favor. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's kind of, so it's just sort of a bunch of patronage guys who aren't really. It's rife with politics and patronage. Okay. Uh. And and I guess this gets into because New York City and New York State elections have been problematic for a long time, is my understanding. They're in the in just their administration, where you have even people, uh, Rick Hasen, the liberal elections lawyer, you know, has was was writing the other day that you know if New York was a red state, people would be outraged. Right. It 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 kind of makes your head just kind of snap uh, when you when you whip from the right talking about election integrity now to the left talking about election integrity in New York City. You know, you're absolutely right. If the New York City Board of Elections was in a red state or in a state and the presidency was at stake, we'd be saying we just need to burn the whole system down and start over again, <laughs> salt the earth, right? Uh, and it, so this is, of course, not you, not 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 uh, new to New York City, as you mentioned. Tammany Hall was not exactly an example of upright citizenry. The, Tammany Hall was a political machine that controlled New York City politics for generations. And there have been other machines that have run the city for quite some time. We've since gotten in a whole spate of reformers, uh, Mayor Bloomberg being one of them, and even Mayor de Blasio positioning himself as a more progressive reformer. But nevertheless, there's still a, you know, if you're on the right, you call it the deep. From the left, maybe you talk about how there is at least entrenched interests that exist deep within New York City. Mm. And, you know, for as bright and modern and shiny as New York City is today, these departments, like the Board of Elections, they still exist. And they're still as antiquated and potentially as political as ever. So... If you if if there were a cup, you know, let's say you could make three changes to the system to make it better, to make uh, it either the election system more responsive, to 
uh, increase participation, to make getting more representative vote, to get the vote counted more quickly. Uh, you know, kind of what what do you what do you see would be uh, positive advances, and do you think there's any hope of them being even proposed in a in a uh, in, at either the state or the municipal level up there? Well, one is just to start counting the votes as they come in. So just take the ranked choice system we have, learn from other jurisdictions and say, look, as we get in the votes, both absentee and otherwise, just start counting them. And that means that hopefully we'll be ahead of the curve and just, you know, either just just grin and bear it and wait until the very end. Although my question, my question, though, is how can you do that? If you're allowing the votes to trickle in over, because I, I know they've been re- releasing preliminary tallies in the current election, but the second and third, the 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 candidates who would be eliminated in second and third, second and third place are like really close to each other, and the absentee ballots that are coming in late might change that order. So, I mean, is there a way that you could, is there a way that you can count the ballots before you know the order of elimination? There is absolutely nothing preventing them from just running tabulation as the votes come in. Other cities do it. And you just err on the side of transparency saying, look, we know these are not the final results. We know it's not even potentially the final ranking. But if you're transparent about where the votes are coming from, what the preliminary results are. There's a lot of other smart people out there who can read the tea leaves, properly interpret it, say for the New York Times or the Gotham Gazette readers, and just say, look, this is what's happening. Or on the other hand, just say, none of that. No transparency, it's gonna be a black box, and that's gonna be fine because when we finally release the results, they will be final. Mm -hmm. And no one has to guess along the way. Either option would be far better than we are. But it would be better than what they, it would be better than what they're doing now. That's right. That's right. And and also, look, this is not necessarily a problem with ranked choice voting. This is a problem with the board of elections. This was human error. And by the way, board of elections literally use those words. This is their human error. Ranked choice voting. You know, there have been a lot of criticisms of it. Leading up, one of them was that it would be very hard to understand by voters. I'm not sure we see proof of that. I think if anything. It's hard for the Board of Elections to process ranked choice, process since it's new to them, but it's not necessarily that it's been a challenge for voters. Turnout was better than ever in some respects, and it seems like there's not been a lot of wasted ballots, at least from what we can tell so far. So I think ranked choice could be made better for sure, but at the end of the day, we need to make the bureaucracy better, absolutely. But I mean, is there a way... You know, given, as you've described, the sort of institutional political culture of New York City, and I would suggest, although as an outsider, it's hard to say that the institutional political culture in Albany is even worse. Is there any way to bring to bring that about in a way that both factions within the major political parties and the political parties themselves will recognize as, tr- as transparent and fair and not you know, the, the one party trying to get a leg up on the other or one faction yeah, I, within the party trying to get a leg up on the other. That Yeah, you're absolutely right. So the Board of Elections is ultimately also a creature of the state. And the step in 
and completely get rid of it altogether and just simply appoint a new board of elections with some new staffers. They could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do I trust Albany to do that <laughs> wisely, fairly, equitably, and without corruption? Not at all. There's nothing about <laughs> Albany's track record that makes me confident. But nevertheless, I think that there is potentially a role for, you know, Cuomo was all, Governor Andrew Cuomo was always looking for ways to, let's be honest, humiliate Mayor Bill de Blasio. <laughs> and if this is yet another way that he can step in as the, as the savior on the white knight and mm-hmm. continue to distract from his own travails, he'll, he'll take it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Albany says, look, we can't trust the, this board of elections to steer local democracy. So we're going to take away the keys and we're going to change things up. Could it be better than what so there, we have? So there's, a, so there's an entire possibility. Like, there's an entire possibility that they might do the right thing for incredibly corrupt reasons. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Never discount that possibility. Um, well, uh, that gives us a, I think, a pretty good idea of where election administration in New York City stands. As of uh, 2.20 p.m. on July the 1st, 2021, who knows what's going to happen as the absentee ballots roll in and the Board of Elections uh, in New York City very competently carries out its one job. Uh, Michael Hendricks, before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to promote to our listeners that you or the Manhattan Institute are working on? First of all, just check out our mayoral playbook. This is for the next mayor, as it sounds like, (laughs) saying, look, here's... Six different issue areas from housing to transportation to budget that the next mayor should follow. It's helpful to just stay plugged in. The second is our polling. So we issue poll saying, look, of registered voters, there's actually a lot of areas where we agree on, and it may surprise you. Everything from policing and public safety, not only being a top priority, voters actually wanting potentially more police in the NYPD or mm-hmm. well, they actually may want more police in their own neighborhood, even when they say that they support defunding the police. These are very nuanced reactions by the New York electorate. I think it'd be fascinating, even if you aren't in New York, to understand what this kind of metropolitan I mean, majority New York, supporting New York, that is relatively if, moderate and how it, what it may also mean for your own jurisdiction. Well, and also, and also New York City, I don't know what the latest numbers are. Is it seven or eight million people live there? It's a lot. I mean, over eight million. <laughs> over eight. And look, New York City was shrinking you know, for three years pre-pandemic, and uh, why it was shrinking and challenges we'll face going forward. I think even if you don't live in New York City, you need to learn from. I mean, it, I it, it's a to check out our work. At, at least last I checked, it was New York City was as big as a, if it were a state all to itself, it would be bigger. It would be as big, if not bigger, than Virginia. Uh, by the which, way, just which is not, not a small place. Uh, yeah, and just signed off on a nearly $100 billion budget, which is larger than many state budgets. Well, you may not be interested in New York City, but New York City is interested in you. Thank you again for joining us, Michael Hendricks. You can read his work at City Journal and the Institute.org. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.